so inshallah we covered last week surah quraish and we'll be doing surah fil today and this is a a very powerful imani invigorating iman invigorating surah to discuss so it's a very nice story for us to go over and and see how we can inshallah learn from this I said mentioned yesterday that some have said that Qur- uh, last week rather Quraysh and Surat Fil maybe some have mentioned that it's together because Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is speaking about protecting the Kaaba in the surah and protecting Makkah and the next surah Surat, the one we did last week Allah Azza wa Jal talks about possibly the reason why he did that because Quraysh have been accustomed to their travels back and forth and Quraysh have been accustomed to safety etc so Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is encouraging them to now worship Allah Jalla Jalaluhu who has saved them from all these troubles also additionally the surah is connected properly to previous surah the Rabt with Humazah Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about the, the, the adab for the uh, disobedient ones in the hereafter Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala speaks about all of that adab there uh, in this surah, Allah Jalla Jalaluhu is speaking about the adab in this dunya. The adab in this dunya. That this adab is not only in the akhirah. The, disbeliev- uh, the disbelievers and those who disobey Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala may end up getting adab in this dunya as well. So that's a connection between the two surahs. And this is what we call rabd. Every single surah is connected to the one after it and the one before it. And this is an entire whole science. Um, that ulama have written books on. Allama Buqa'i rahimahumullah, he has written a book called Nadhmud Durar fi Tanasawil Ayati wa Suwar. You could translate that as placing of the pearls. Placing of the pearls. Nadhmud Durar. Durar Durra means pearls. Nadhm is the way you place them. Just like pearls are placed on a beautiful necklace meticulously one after another which one goes where similarly every single verse of the Quran is a pearl that's been placed by Allah what is this topic about or the name of this tafsir what's it about in the, in, with regards to the relationship between the surahs and the ayats it's about approximately 25 volumes okay but uh, 25 volumes and just about how every surah and every ayat is connected and that's where like you truly start appreciating the Quran you know it's like wow how deep this is this is what the human mind is comprehending and saying to best of our ability based on, based on our thinking into the Quran and pondering and then you wonder if this is the human mind how great are Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is when you look at anything in the world you think about how amazing the engineers were when they created something Right? All sorts of advancements everywhere From bridges to tall buildings To medicine to going to the bottom I read about a, uh, a, a ex, um, Exploration um, uh, the, uh, you know, Some of the oil drilling That took take place 
how deep they dig. We just came across that. Miles, miles and miles and miles uh, digging into the Earth's core. Digging into the Earth's core. And we're talking about temperatures exceeding 400 degrees Fahrenheit. Right? How do they achieve that? Something beyond Mount Everest, but going down. And that's still, of course, nothing compared to how much is left. 4,000, 5,000 kilometers to the other end. When you look at that, how often do we start thinking when, after we study the human mind and the achievements of the, of the community, be Muslim, non-Muslim, whoever, how often do we think that, imagine the one who created his mind. How amazing and powerful must he be? All right? And that's what, that's what we have to think. If this is what ulama are writing the connection between surahs, like we talked about when we covered this uh, before Ramadan. So many amazing connections between the end of the surah and end of the Quran, beginning of the Quran, between Surah Fatiha and Mu'awadhatayn, between Surah Nas and Surah Falaq. So imagine the, the, the being himself whose words they are, how he must be. So going into this surah itself, Allah Jalla Jalaluhu, He says, Alam tara rabbuka bi ashab al Now we know, Nabi, have you, not, have you not seen, O Prophet, how your Lord dealt with the companions of the elephant? The Prophet ﷺ was born about 50 years after this incident. So, when Abraha al-Ashram came from Yemen to destroy the Kaaba, the Prophet ﷺ was, um, you know, still in, uh, not born. And yet Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is telling... Sorry, did I say 50 years? Yeah, I mean, I, meant to, I think I said 50 years. The Prophet ﷺ was still in his mother's womb when Abraha came, and it was, it was about 50 days before the Prophet's um, uh, birth, or 50 days after the Prophet's birth. So, um, when Nabi ﷺ did not see this, he was born in Amal Fil, 50, you know, he wasn't present there. Um, to have seen it because why the baby, you know, is still a child, baby. But Nabi alayhi salatu wasalam, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that have you not seen? So when you have a, a small child um, in the mother's womb or a baby being formed, obviously cannot see. Even when the baby is born, also cannot see immediately. One of the first things that the, ch the baby is being formed, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given it the ability to here, right? And that's why it's interesting that the Quran, when speak, is speaking about sources of knowledge, speaks about hearing a lot, a lot of places. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Wallahu akhrajakum min butuni ummahatikum. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has taken you out of your mother's womb. He's the one who pulled you out. What was the condition? While you didn't know anything. You didn't know anything when you were born. And then Allah created for you ears. First ears. And then eyes. Then the mind and the heart. So that you become grateful. So the first thing that the, the newborn uses to be able to gain knowledge of its surroundings is the ears. You will it here. Hence, Allah Jalla Jalalu in many places in the Quran when He instructs us to ponder and to think, He says, He says, um, Are you not able to hear? Are you not listening? Because we usually use this as a very first beginner level of 
You first hear about the incident. Then you look into it and you ponder about it. That's how it is. So we have different, the five senses. The ability to hear is one of them. The ability to see is another one. The ability to smell is one. Ability to taste is one. And then holding on to it and touching it is one. These are the various senses that Allah Jalla Jalalu has given us. And then this that animals also have. Then beyond that, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala has given us the ability to ponder and reflect. Like this famous example that you see smoke far away and you see, you, then you hear fire trucks. See fo- smoke far away, you hear fire trucks, you kind of put it together and you say there must be a fire in that apartment building or that house, even though you can't see it. Where, did you, where were you able to do that? That's your aql, right? That's your mind that put this one plus one together. But when you, when you say, is there really is there some fire going on in my house or my apartment? What are you going to do at that time? You're not going to just sit back and hear about it. You're going to go and you're going to drive over there and you're going to go and look for it. When you see it with your own eyes, then what we have, what we call ilmul yaqeen or aynul yaqeen. Aynul yaqeen happens. The person says, oh, halal, I saw it with my own eyes. And the Arabs say, in saying, Ra'aytu bi ummi ya ummi al mother. I saw it with, my, with the mother of my eyes, two eyes, right? Meaning it's, it's for sure. I saw it. I know this is happening. So when we see something, the level of conviction in it increases. Apparently, it's attributed to Ali radiallahu anhu. He would say that, uh, you know, the, it, to make something certain, there's just a distance of four fingers. Meaning between hearing and between seeing. Ready? Four fingers. Between hearing and between seeing. Ek suni sunai baat. Or ek apne aankho ki dekhi hui baat. Something that you just heard from the, uh, you know, gossip mill. And something you actually see. There's that difference. So from the physical senses, the one that gives us the strongest knowledge, usually we regard it the eyes. Why are we talking about this? Because now we ask ourselves, why did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala say, Alam tara, did you not see? Why did He not say, do you not know? Alam ta'alam. Alam tasma. Why did you, not hear, did you not hear? Right? What was the reason that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying to the Prophet sallallahu alayhi wa sallam, Alam tara, have you not seen? Instead of saying, have you not heard? Because of course he heard about it. Of course he knew about it. Alam ta'ala. But he didn't see it with his own eyes. Why is the reason that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says that? So there's a few reasons for that. One is, when you see something, this is the strongest form of knowing the reality of something. It gives you the strongest conviction so here Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is saying that because I am telling you something, it's as though you have actually seen it yourself with your own eyes. Anything I tell you, what we call ghayb, is, is as though you've seen it with your own eyes. You've heard of that incident where a sahabiyah came after the battle, one of the battles, and she said, Ya Rasulullah, um, where's my son? And Rasulullah says, he's become a martyr. He's passed away in this battle. But if you wish, I can show him to you in Jannah right now. If you wish. 
I will ask Allah and remove the veils and you can see him in Jannah. What does she say? She says that I don't need that. Basically, it's as though she's saying that I may actually see something which is not there. How many times it happens? You think it's Zaid, but it's Bakr. You think it's Fatima, but it's Aisha. How many times you see something that's not there? You get confused. My eyes can deceive me, but your words can never be wrong. What the Prophet has said, it has to be true because it is revelation. It's coming from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Khalas. There's no reason for me to see. Imagine a mother who's lost her son. What is the sadma? What is the sadness of that? How she would want to see? But this is the iman. The iman of, uh, of uh, you know, these sahabiyat. I heard that one of the, yes, it was on the news, I mean on the WhatsApp, that one of the guards of one of the gates of the Oban Madrasa, the guards of the gates, apparently, Darban, you know, who's been there for years. These people have been working there, maybe even before the teachers, some of them, you know, been there for generations. He, his son, all of a sudden got sick. And um, uh, suddenly, and then he passed away. When the news reached the mother, she had a heart attack and passed away. This is I'm talking about this week, or the end of last week. So, uh, so like this, it happens. Imagine you know, the, the mother's love, but she's telling the Prophet ﷺ that I don't need to see this because what you're telling me is as good and better than if I had seen it myself. So this is what we can learn from this. Is the one reason is Allah is telling the Prophet ﷺ that this should be this, the strongest yaqeen should have. Another thing is, alam tara could come in the meaning of uh, when you, when, what, do you, what, what do you see in this? Or you know, is similar to what do you think about this? Uh, when you're thinking, it's called the, seeing from the heart. And this is so many places Allah says, Alam tara kayfa fa'ala rabbuka bi'ad. Did you not see what Allah did with the nation of Ad? That happened hundreds and thousands of years before the Prophet But Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Alam tara kayfa fa'ala. Another explanation, besides the one I just gave about having conviction, is that, did you not ponder? Ru'ya, or seeing from your heart. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wants all of us to ponder over this story. Not only the Prophet but for us to also ponder upon this story and to think how Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala works. Now my dear friends, the Qur'an is not a storybook for the sake of just mentioning stories. Every single story that is here is filled with lessons and it's meant to be studied like more than anything else to extrapolate lessons from there. You learn lessons, history lessons from there and you uh, adjust uh, your life for that. The stories, the books mention lots of detail on, on what happened. We're just going to take the very simple you know, gist of it. This is not a seerah lesson. I'm not doing that. This is, however, you know, in Sira class, they'll talk a lot more details about, about this surah. And which is fine, even in the, but today I wanted to just speak about some of the basic lessons that we can take. Story most of us have heard already that this is the, the, uh, the, the king Abraha of Yemen. He had this desire that he wanted to build for himself uh, prosperity and fame and name. And so when he saw that people are going towards Kaaba and making tawaf over there, he said that I would like to have the same honor. I want that honor for myself. Why should people go there? He wanted to steal. He didn't like. He was jealous of that. So he said, I'm going to build a fake, you know, uh, another Kaaba, replica Kaaba in in Sanaa, and people can come in and and do tawaf over here. And he wanted to make it more attractive. 
to uh, become a distraction for people. So when one of the Bedouins heard of this and from Mecca, he came to Sana'a and he tried to destroy or cause harm to this plan, to this Kaaba, fake Kaaba. When the king heard of this, that this is a man from Mecca who's come here with a bad intention, according to him, he decided to immediately go all out and prepared a very powerful army and the army was going to be waging war on elephants and they all went towards the Kaaba and as I said the story is long when they arrived outside of the Kaaba outside of Mecca he said before I attack it I want to meet the person who's in charge of it and Abdul Muttalib the Prophet's grandfather was the one responsible so he said I want to meet him when Abdul Muttalib came the story mentions that he did not say okay you know why are you attacking the Kaaba please go or I'm ready to fight instead he said you have captured 200 of my camels that were grazing outside of Mecca I want those back give me those camels back so he thought this was very weird that this is something that should have so much religious value in your, and sentimental value and I'm about to completely destroy it and you're not even asking me about it you're asking me about your 200 camels he said, how come you're doing this? And he mentioned, Abdul Muttalib mentioned that, Ana Rabbul Ibl wa inna lil rabban yahmiha. I am the one who is in charge and the owner of the camels. As for the Kaaba, it has its own owner that will take care of it. Right? So that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the Rabb of everything, be it my, his camels or the Kaaba. But there are certain things that there is nisbah, special nisbah, special connection. Because every masjid is Allah's house. Every house is Allah's. Every single home, apartment, condo, mansion is Allah's. But when you say Allah ka ghar, Baytullah, meaning every masjid, and then specifically Kaabatullah, that nisbah, that connection is, is, is uh, what? Is strong. It is an honor, honorific title for that, meaning Allah will take care of it. So he said, Allah will take care of it. This is not um, something for me. And that's exactly what happened. He moved forward. And as he moved forward, the lead camel, the lead elephant that Abraha was on, would just stop, would not, would just refuse to move forward. And as soon as he would turn it back towards Yemen, it would start running. Then he turned it back towards Kaaba, towards Makkah, he would stop. And this kept on happening. And then Allah Jalla Jalaluhu sent down and flooded up the sky with small birds, Ababil. Small birds that, that never travel on alone, that never hunt alone. They never uh, do anything alone. They're going huge hordes of them, scared to be flying around alone. And can, uh, small teeny birds, tiny birds, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, and that occasion gave them the ability from, from where? Where they went and picked up stones. From which place? And they carried it in their beak and in their uh, um, feet and, and, and claws, and they dropped it on the entire army. And... Allah Azza wa Jal says Every single one of them was destroyed This is the story That's taking place A little bit before the birth of Rasulullah Sallallahu alayhi wasallam. So this is a qissa that's not fake It's true None of the people During the time of Rasulullah Sallallahu Who had obviously witnessed this when, he, when this surah was revealed The people who witnessed it were 60 years old The people who witnessed this were 40 years old 50 years old and they, uh, they, no one said, no, this is fake. What are you talking about? 
So this is something that's documented according to them. This was, we don't hear any historical narration where the, they, they called him a, a shire, they called him a majnoon, they called him a, ma a magician, they called him a, uh, you know, something else. Uh, but they, don't, they didn't say you're lying on this story, this is story never happened. There's no reports of that. So this is something that definitely did take place. Now Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, He says, rabbuka, How your Lord dealt with the companions of the elephants. Dear friends, the nisbah of this fi'il is towards Allah. Allah ne kaisa kiya? Allah ne kiya? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does everything. But there's a difference. Certain things Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does, but He doesn't express and show His hidden hand in it. And there are certain things that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you know deep down, that okay, this doesn't make sense. How did this happen? It had to, it, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is doing it, but now He's making it very clear that I'm in power. Okay, so for example, if I move, shift this, uh, this uh, cell phone over here, and I drop it, laws of gravity are created by Allah. Yes? So, yes, it's falling by the will of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. But imagine if I uh, randomly, I'm sitting here, this thing just starts floating or starts falling. Then you're gonna know, but it's, he's letting you know that you're not involved in it. So there's so many millions of things that are happening every single day in our life, especially uh, you could talk about the birth of a child, the formation of a child, uh, just the, the, uh, the whole meeting uh, of, of the human beings and how this baby is produ reproduced. It's so intrinsic, so you know, amazing, when you think about it, this is the tartib of Allah, but we science will tell you the whole reasoning behind that. So we know Allah is there, but we also know kind of how the process. But sometimes Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala does things against the process. To tell us that I am not limited by the process. This is the process I follow. A guy, a person who's in charge, president of the company, whatnot. There's a process in the company of how things get done. Manager, VP, you know, uh, sub-manager, fulan, 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 and the guy on the, on the, on the first floor takes care of it. But if he so wishes, he can cut through all of that, pick up the phone and go right to the source and say, I want this done. Bypassing everyone. He's the owner of the company, CEO of the company. He can happen. And sometimes they'll do it maybe just to show that, you know what, I really don't need all of you. If I want to do it like this, I can do it like this too. This is the tartib, but I don't have to follow the tartib. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala created Adam without a mother and father. Allah creates Hawa without a father, without a mother. Allah creates Isa salam without a father. What are all these instances? Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is providing uh, protection for Ibrahim salam from the fire. Uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is protecting Musa salam and changing the water into land, land into water for Fir'aun, water into land for Musa and Bani Israel. These are all what we call against the usual method and they're mentioned in the Quran for us to realize that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not paband uh, uh, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala doesn't Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not need, does not need to does not need to follow this tartib when we got in the path of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala in, in, in the effort in tabligh many times you know this is discussed about my dear brothers let me tell you one thing those of you listening those of you who are present 
that the, what we speak about in, in, in the effort of da'wah is not something specific to and it's not meant to be something specific that we speak in jawla, we speak in our gashbayan and whatnot. That's not what it's supposed to be. That is something that should be on our tongue every day. And if you study the Quran, every single ayat is giving da'wat. But we don't say that we just give da'wat on gashbayan day. And a small group of people. Right now the effort of da'wah and tabligh is, is you know, in a different situation with the traveling stopped and whatnot. But our work cannot stop. And what is our work? Our work is reflecting ourselves about the qudra of Allah. Reflecting ourselves on the qudra of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And to think that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is not paband to any law, to any rule. These so-called physical laws have been created by Allah. Allah doesn't have to follow them. He can break them anytime, anyhow He wants. And this surah is exactly that. Allah says, How did your Lord do it? Why did He make nisbah towards Himself? For you to understand that this was not normal, this was not natural. The natural thing would happen is Abdul Muttalib said, Oh, you came to fight with me? Okay, what? Let's wait till tomorrow, and I'm going to bring my army, and we have a skirmish, and we have a fight. And people, lives would be lost, people would die, and either they would win or they would lose. That would be something natural, something expected. No one expects something of this sort. It goes against all qawaneen. Okay, so this is something that is very important for us to understand that when Allah Jalla Jalalu does something, He does not need to follow the rules. Allah says in the Quran, He's the first, He's the last, He's the most apparent, and He's the most subtle. What, how is He most apparent? Meaning, every single thing, for someone who, everywhere you look, you see Allah's greatness. Everywhere you look, you see Allah's qudra and power. From the rising of the sun to the setting of the sun to a person getting honored, disgraced, a child being born, people dying. All over you see Allah's qudra and power. But at the same time, subtle, you cannot point at Allah Himself. No coordinates of Allah. Right? No, 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 no specific place where you can say Allah is. You cannot say, I see Him. You can see the effects of Him, but you cannot see Him. Everywhere from the rustling of the sleeve, if it leaves, the blowing of the wind, to the smell of the first roses, everywhere you go is Allah, 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 Allah. But yet you can't see Allah anywhere. Right? The, the different types of hair color we have, the different types of height, weight we have, different type of temperaments we have. Look at the kids, all of us who have children, and you, yourself, your siblings, come from the same parents. How different we are from our siblings. Right? And yet how similar we are to our parents as well. How many times have I heard people, and, and it's so true, they start doing something like, wait, wait, my dad does the exact same thing. <laughs> right? My mom does the exact same thing. You start thinking, where is this coming from? Where is this genes coming from? Ajeeb nidham of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So apparent. Yet you cannot find Allah and point fingers specifically that he, there he is. So he's hidden as well. Batin. As the hadith goes, Allahumma antal awwal falaysa qablaka shay. Wa antal akhir falaysa ba'daka shay. Wa antal zahir falaysa fawqa shay. Wa antal batir falaysa dunaka shay. Oh Allah, you're the first, there's nothing before you. Oh Allah, you're the last, there's nothing after you. Oh Allah, you're the most apparent, there's nothing more obvious than you. Nothing more obvious than you. You can deny the sun, but you can't deny Allah. One tal batin, and you're the most subtle, there's nothing more hidden than you. So here we see the batini method of how Allah destroyed 
the, Abraha, the, uh, the, the entire army of Abraha. Allah Jalal says in the Quran, There are clear signs in Kaaba and in this Haram. The place where Ibrahim stood, Whoever enters it will remain safe and secure. And for Allah upon the people is the obligation of the of Kaabatullah. For whoever is able to perform the Hajj. And whoever is disobedient, whoever is ungrateful to Allah, Allah is not in need of His creation. Allahu Akbar. So in essence, the Qur'an through Surah Afil is telling the disbelievers to one of two things, or both things. O people of Quraysh, don't mess with Muhammad Just like I completely destroyed the army of Abraha without the help of anyone, without the help of one human being. Definitely, you can also be destroyed in this world and of course in the Akhirah as well, like in Humuzah mentions, in Akhirah. And in this dunya as well, your destruction will come. Don't push my buttons as we say. And I've already done this before. This is a very good, beautiful prelude to Rasulullah's bi'tha. Allah says in the Quran, Wallahu yaqsimuka minan nas, Allah will protect you from the people. Allah says to Rasulullah, Don't worry, Allah will protect you. And so this story is reminding the Meccans about Allah's protection for his house and for his prophet. Another aspect of this is for people to become thankful to Allah. That Allah could have destroyed, Allah could have allowed Abraha to destroy our economy and to destroy our Kaaba and to destroy our prominence in the world. But he saved us from Abraha. Why should we not become grateful? So two reasons. For the disbelievers, for Meccans, they are, uh, you know, two, two things to ponder upon. Now the Qur'an, you, when, when it wants to give us a meaning of, uh, a deliver a meaning that is full of conviction, Allah uses the verbs of the past tense in front, instead of present or future tense. For example, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala says, Those who feared Allah have already been taken into groups towards paradise. Those who disbelieved, their groups have been made and they're being carried and pushed towards hellfire. Carried. Siqa. Siqa is past tense. Okay. Uh, all over Surah, uh, surah uh, the, the 30th Jews. إِذَا زُلْزِلَتِ الْأَرْضُ زِلْزَالَهَا إِذَا السَّمَاءٌ شَقَّتْ وَأَذِنَتْ لِرَبِّيَا وَحَقَّتْ إِذَا السَّمَاءٌ فَطَرَتْ وَإِذَا الْكَوَاكِبُ انْتَثَرَتْ Every single verse here is all past tense. The sky has already split. Oceans have been lit on fire. Sun, sun and the moon have crashed. Okay, uh, the 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 uh, uh, she the the pregnant she camel has been left abandoned. The uh, the buried young daughter is being pulled out and has already been asked, why have you been killed? For what sin have you been killed? Right. All of these things have been used in the past tense, for what to tell us that it is something so sure that it's going to happen. It's as though it has already happened. Something has already happened yesterday. No reason to discuss. It's done. Whether something is going to happen tomorrow or not, you can have a discussion. But what has happened yesterday, there's no discussion. So we are speaking about Qiyamah, Day of Judgment, everything else. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is using past tense. So here, this is something past. Fa'ala, kaisa Allah ne kiya hai? Usko socho, ho chuka hai. That's not something that's going to happen. How did Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala deal with it? 
Next, Allah says, Rabbuka. He didn't say, Kayfafa'alallahu. How did Allah do? He didn't say, Kayfafa'ala something else. He said, Rabb. Rabb, my dear friends, we talk about this every, every time Rabb, the word Rabb comes. Rabb gives you the meaning of care. Kate Rabbul Manzil, Rabbul Bayt, the t- caretaker of the home. Kohen, the father, for example. What does it mean? The st- f- son has got a bad stomachache crying in the corner. Can you imagine the father says, okay, tough luck, beta, I'm going to work. The daughter is, has got a toothache. Can you imagine the father saying, Acha, you can go in a corner and cry, I'm going to go to sleep now. Right? The, these things happen. The light is not working. Okay, don't worry about it. He's going to go get to the bottom of it. That's what he means, someone who's a la- the, the lord of the home, the one who's in charge of the home, the master of the home. He's got the concern of every member of the household. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala calls himself Rabb. I'm the caretaker. You have nowhere, you don't need to, besides Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, you got that one number? Alhamdulillah. If we teach our children and if we learn ourselves how to ask from Allah, we're, we're all set. Those are one of the you know, skills that our universities and colleges and high schools, they talk about survival skills. The biggest survival skill that I need to learn and I need to teach my kids is how to turn to Allah. All of the survival skills will come afterwards. The only thing that will truly help us in every stage of life that's always going to help you, always going to help you, whether dunya, qabr, or akhirah, is learning how to speak to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. And that requires training. Alhamdulillah, right now as we speak. Right? Big days, big nights. This is something, let us, it's crazy how quickly Ramzan kesa Within such so quickly, all Ramzan gone, Shawwal gone, Dhul Qa'da gone, and now Dhul Hajjah has begun. Allah me moka derai. Allah me moka derai for us too. Because, I think we're all acknowledged that we're too far. Ramzan ki kefiyat khatam ho chuki hai. The, 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 the imani kefiyat that we had in Ramadan, we don't have it anymore. So Alhamdulillah, Allah has given us a season again. And yet time par, kahan hota te? Hujjaj would have been there. I was, yeah, I feel so, you know, uh, thinking about emotional, that subhanAllah for the past 10 years, I was blessed to be sitting in Madinah Munawwara at this time. Every single year. You know, and one brother just mentioned, sent me a picture yesterday at Masjid Nabawi with the dome. I was like, why are you sending it to me? And then he said, you sent me this picture last year while sitting there, uh, you know, in front of the, uh, in, in the under the sihan, under the umbrellas. It really it made me emotional thinking about that. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, this is how he decided this year not to allow us to go. <sighs> Subhanallah, may Allah make niyyah. If you have not performed hajj and umrah yet, make niyyah that you will perform your hajj. All of you are listening. Make niyyah if you have not performed your fard hajj. Ya Allah, make it easy for me. And if Hajj is not fard upon you yet, make Ya Allah, make the means for me to go perform it. And inshallah, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, uh, you know, may He grant all of us accepted Hajj and Umrah again and again. But right now, this is the, the best thing we can be doing. Now, we can't be there. It's not wasting the time. It is to make the Allah is the Lord of the Kaaba and the Lord of this masjid. And Allah is the Lord of Dhul Hijjah no matter where you are. No matter where you are. The Lord of Arafat. Is not only found in Arafat, it's found everywhere. So this is the time for us to go home and create an environment of turning towards Allah. Let us renew our goals. For these nine, ten days, we can make niyyah that we will inshallah try to do one khatam of Quran. One khatam of Quran. Three Jews, say inshallah. 
Weekends ayenge, you can do five, six juz. How many of us did this in Ramadan? I know many of you did khatams. Four days, five days, six days khatam in Ramadan. We can do it. All of us make niyyah. And go home and make tashkil of every single member of your household. Okay, collectively, let us do uh, one khatam. All of you who are listening, share with others. Make niyyah of that you're going to do one khatam. And actually, you know, we have our monthly khatam. You're aware of that, right? Remember, we have in Darussalam here, we started this monthly khatam al-Quran dua, like we did after Ramadan. So interestingly, our month is going to be ending right, right around Eid day. July 31st is Eid. July 30th, Thursday night, is going to be the day of Arafah. So we have decided, inshallah, we'll have our khatam al-Quran dua for all of our own khatams, along with the dua of Arafat, inshallah, on Thursday. SubhanAllah. The day, you know, right before Jum'ah, uh, what an amazing day Allah has brought us. Jum'ah also and Eid also together. Let us, uh, you know, really take full benefit of that. So this is something, where did we speak about? The meaning of Rabb. That Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, the way He's taking care of His Kaaba, Allah will take care of our halat as well. Whatever halat we have, my dear brothers and sisters, we're all going through different conditions. So many people going through halat, loss of job, loss of family members, etc. This is a, 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 an opportunity for us to turn to Allah Jalla Jalaluhu. Next, Allah says, Did He not put their plot to destroy the sacred house, to level the sacred house in utter disarray? What is plot? Plot is when you do something uh, connivingly, you do it uh, while hiding because you don't have the ability to come out strong. Chup chup ke kar koi cheez chunke aamne saamne aane ki taqat nahi hai. Someone wants to, you know, get mad at this three-year-old. He doesn't have to plot. Hey, kaisa karunga? I'm gonna, how many get upset at him? Hey, stop it. You just tell him, finish. Now you have to speak to your manager, you have to speak to your boss, your VP, president, and he's really doing something wrong, and he's messing with you or whatnot, and you, you have to think. Kesa, how am I gonna, you know, plan this out, that he understands the lesson? Because you can't just go up to him, he'll fire you or whatever else, right? So this is what we're talking about. When a person does not have the physical strength to do something, straight up, he does kaid, makar, plotting. So this is what Allah, that's why he says, regarding the disbelievers, he says, innahum yakiduna kaida, they all plot. They plot because because what does Allah say? They plot. Then Allah says, Or maybe plotting around. What does it mean? The plotting of Allah Subhanahu wa Taala. The plotting of Allah. Allah doesn't need to plot. He just like not even a press of a button. Kun, finish, done. That's why there's one dua. Ya man amrohu bain al kafi wa noon. Have you heard this? Yaman Amrahu Bainal Kafi wa Noon. E wo jiska hukum kaf or noon ke darmiyan hai. E wo jiska hukum kaf or noon ke darmiyan. Kun sa kaf or noon? Kun. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala kun ke ni ki zurati ni He doesn't have to say kun. His amr is hukum is between the kaf and the noon. Right? The, amount of, the time it takes for us to say kun is not even needed. He doesn't, there's no such thing as he has to say it. Aida arada shayyan an yaqula lahu kun fa yakun. Ulama is right That he says When Allah wants to do something He simply has to say Be and it, be, it comes This is just for us to understand When Allah ko kya zorat hai Kehne ke liye Kun Ye to sif hamare Hamko samjhane ke liye Ke kitna tezi se kaam ho raha hai Right That's what it means So when you think about that Chahe kitna bhi bada masla Aapke saam mein atka hoa ho 
یہ چیز بارے میں سوچنا چاہیے کہ یہ ہے کیا اللہ کے لیے مانگے You know, sometimes people come, they think, I, you know, I'm in charge of everything. They'll say, his classmen dakhla karana hai. There's a separate department. Well, I'm not involved in that. No, no, no. And they'll put pressure on me and say, literally, I'm, I don't know. I don't, have, I don't test the students. I don't know anything that's going on. You know, I have a separate, a separate department. No, no, no. It's just. Or anything else. I mean, you can imagine. This is a not such a huge issue. But anything they'll say, by you want to make a biryani, you want to make a biryani, you want to make a biryani, all these things. I'll say, please don't. I'll, I'll present this at mashara, you know, and then inshallah, we'll get back to you. I'll share with the department head and he'll get back to you. This dunya, no one, no one in this dunya can say that I have 100% authority of everything and every single aspect of it. Why is the president? He has to pick up the phone. Have you ever heard it? Okay, I'll do the call. You have to do the call. Allah doesn't have to do the call. Allah doesn't have to order anyone. He just gets it done. A to Z, vertical integration. <laughs> Whole thing, right? From A to Z, every single thing is in His hands. So that's your strongest place to go to. If Allah is on your side, no one else. So Allah calls their efforts, He calls it Qaid. Allah calls their efforts. Why, why do you call it Qaid? Because what is weak, what is weak, what is Allah, the Quran, Plotting is very strong Physically if the male is strong Now she says I need to come back at this physically strong male How am I going to handle him? Right? She comes up This is, this is her uh, uh, mechanic, uh, Defensive mechanism That Allah has given women Of course they can become offensive And cause huge harm too But if used properly They literally can fend for themselves through this It's soft power, they call it. But it's power at the end of the day. It's soft power, but it's power. So Allah says, Allah made their plot completely in disarray. Right? So, uh, we should never say, Allah makkar hai. We can never say, Ya makir, Ya mukid. We cannot use these words for Allah. Even though He says in a verb form, I am plotting and I am conniving. But this one, in tafsir, they call it mushakala. Mushakala means... You use a word, a, a same word for two people just because it's next to each other. What is it? What am I? Let me explain this a little bit. For example, yeah, Allah says, سَخِرَ اللَّهُ مِنْهُمْ وہ اللہ کا تھٹا مزاق کرتے ہیں اللہ بھی ان کا تھٹا مزاق اٹھا رہا ہے. Allah مزاق اٹھا رہا ہے? What is this to me? Allah making fun of someone? Like, who do you, like, how does that even befit Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala? Why would Allah need to make fun of someone? They're making fun of Allah? Allah. It means that they are taking Allah lightly And Allah is going to punish them in a way That they're going to really see like Oh my God, what were we doing? When Allah says, I'm plotting Plotting, I told you, is done softly, quietly Allah doesn't do anything softly, quietly. you're open But since it means it's a rebuttal to their plotting It's an open, open, clear destruction of their plotting But since plotting has been used here, mushakalatan, meaning to use a similar word so it goes in well in that nice place, Allah uses the same verb for Himself. But it does not mean 
that we have a say Allah ya, is yani, oh the one who makes fun of people and oh the one who plots and plans right so this is against the etiquette and it's completely incorrect to say such words and to use this is not an attribute of Allah it's not it is mentioned as a verb form okay here fi tadlil wa arsala alayhim tayran ababil Allah he sent for, for he sent upon them birds and flocks and the bird he could have sent eagles falcons vultures or some another new bird that's extinct now 12 15 feet look at the you know what i don't remember what's up the dinosaur bird <laughs> what's that called huh you know those, those massive ones yeah right that you said so i mean 20 feet 15 feet why they could come you could imagine an army of that that's the whole idea look at this corona right what has it done to us not a, if you forget just go reflect on it how it has brought our life to a stops and how it has changed everything. What do you catch? Choti is not a right word. Right? Beyond microscopic. So this is where Qudra of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Now here the vaccine may be coming, but then they're hearing about how it's keep on muta mutation is taking place and it's keep on changing its form. How long is it going to happen? We have no idea if life is ever going to resorm normality at all, normalcy at all. No idea. So many people are passing away every single day across the globe. And so many scholars are passing away every single day. So this is ye ye kudrat Allah ki. Choti cheez ke saamne ek bade shaks ko you know hata de. When you hear about Namrud, Namrud ke baare mein you hear about how Allah destroyed him. He didn't bring a bulldozer. He didn't bring a huge avalanche. He brought a small mosquito. Put him up his nose. Killed him. Not only are they being destroyed, if you, a person, uh, Abu Jahl, uh, when he got destroyed uh, and he got killed, and Masood uh, was on top of him, at that time also, what is he saying? He says, Why you? Why a farmer? I wanted to die at the hands of a powerful noble person of my stature. He's saying that same thing. That, and he says, When you're going to cut me, decapitate me, Torsa Nichi Yansakarte. So that when my body, when it lies amongst the other dead bodies, my body looks, stands out. SubhanAllah. So because they wanted this, that if you go, at the, if you go down at the hands of a big, a powerful uh, uh, wrestler or, or, or general, you feel like, okay, it was, you know, that was, that, was, that was a fight. But to go down at the hands of, of a small thing, there's a double ihana in here, disgrace as well on top of death. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala wanted to show you that He does not need asbab to destroy. He said these small birds, that teeny birds that are not known to be vicious, that are not known to be, you know, uh, hunting birds of, of any sort. Small birds and use them to destroy it. There's a saying, Al-bala'u aamun wa rahmatu khasa. Jab musibat aati hai, to sabpar chha jati hai. Rahmat khas hoti hai, musibat aam hoti hai. Rahma is specific, and musibah is general. Allah said in the Quran, وَاتَّقُوا فِتْنَةً لَا تُصِيبَنَّ الَّذِينَ ظَلَمُوا مِنْكُمْ Fear the punishment of Allah. Fear that fitna. When it comes to you, it will not afflict just a few khas people. It will afflict all of you. Corona is a great example. Right? The most pious of people are being affected. When musibah comes, it comes and takes out everyone. Okay, 
So this is why these birds came and knocked out everyone. On the day of judgment, people will be raised on their niyyah. But in dunya, the musibah that comes, it comes like that. Tarmihim bihajaratim and sajil, pelting them with stones of hardened clay. This was their um, arsenal. This was their bombs. Right? Hardened clay coming from all the way from the top. What did it do to them? Thus he did render them like eaten husks. Allah Jalla Jalalu says, what happened to their huge elephants and the and the fortif- they're wearing obviously armor and swords, carrying swords, etc. What happened to them? Asfim makul is when an animal eats like corn, eats vegetables, eats beans, or whatever else they eat. And then that food gets digested and then comes out in their droppings. That's what ka'asfim makul means. Okay? Is the food that has been digested and then you can see chunks of it inside the droppings of the animal. Kesi is ek zalil misal di Allah. That's what happened to them. Ek pig, ek din thought there were some powerful things, but that corn or that fruit or that raspberry or whatever it was, was nice hanging on the tree, but look at it now. What happened to it? Who wants to even look at it? Who wants to even touch it? How it stinks? That's how their corpse lay on the ground. And that's how these huge, powerful tanks, Abraham tanks, Kidra, you know, these elephants. I mean, you could, you could, there was no power. What, did, what is a spear and arrow going to do, this, one spear and arrow to this massive elephant? It got completely destroyed. So, Allah Jalla Jalaluhu, here in this short surah, is leaving behind for us a life lesson for all of us to ponder and think. And, and, and what is that? If you, I'll re- translate this beautiful saying. He says, if you want to become the most powerful of people, rely upon Allah. If you want to become the most honorable people, fear Allah. If you want to become the wealthiest of people, If you want to become the wealthiest person, then trust what is in the hands of Allah more than trusting what is in your hands. That type of thing, attitude. Everything is that we have is the one that's got that trust that Allah subhanallah, may Allah make that kafiyat for all of us. And Allah is again and again, Allah mentions this so many places. The best of helpers, the best of caretakers. Allah is sufficient as a helper. Allah is sufficient as a caretaker. Allah is sufficient for everything. As, as the one who's looking at your affairs. But that, the yaqeen has to come into our, our hearts. And insha'Allah, then anyone who stands up to destroy the deen, even today, if we have that level of yaqeen, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, from His own infinite way, will destroy them. This is just a method that we say we have to strengthen ourselves physically. And we are doing it, but it doesn't happen. The real thing is that Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is the one who takes care. And Allah will protect His house. Allah will protect today as well. Baytullah will be protected by Allah. Today as well, Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will protect the deen of Islam. 
the way He wants it. The main thing is that we have to get ourselves protected. And we're going to get ourselves protected by submitting ourselves to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So dear brothers and sisters, uh, let us inshallah review this, these, uh, th- these lessons of Tawheed, of Rububiyyah, of Yaqeen and Allah's greatness and power. And let us inshallah try to improve on our relationship with Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Uh, as I said earlier, let's make intention for Khatm um, al-Quran, uh, inshallah, one thing. Second thing is let us make intention for fasting. Every one of us, please make niyat, inshallah, to, to speak to your family members as well and make everyone fast, encourage them. The Prophet said that every single day, first nine days of fast is equivalent to fasting of the entire year. And ibadat at night is equivalent to the ibadat of Laylatul Qadr. This is the night. This is ibadat of Laylatul Qadr that you're sitting here. Right? Now, every single night, Maghrib Isha. It's late, you cannot sit after Isha. Then eat your dinner and sit down to do tilawat. Right? Maghrib to Isha. And after Isha, before you go to sleep, please, let us all recite, perform four rakats, six rakats, eight rakats. Jitne bi apse ho sakta hai. Some tahajjud. And mashallah, if we can wake up for sehri, that would be the most ideal situation within these days. Give targheeb to, uh, to all our family and children as well. Number two, if dhikr. Nabi Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam would increase his ibadat and, ib- and dhikr in, all, all in, this, you know, in these days. So any type of dhikr, Sallallahu Alaihi Muhammad Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam, istighfar, la ilaha illallah, takbirat, let's do that, inshallah. And number three is that give sadaqah uh, every day. Like in the last 10 days, we'd give 10, 20 dollars, set it up, you come to the masjid, give something, set it up online, every month, to any organization, but make a habit of giving every single night sadaqah, inshallah. And then, uh, let us make Tawbah from our bad habits. Rozana log From our community and outside of people who are, who are passing away. So we visit these people, soften our hearts and make us realize that we don't know when our Who would have ever thought, Dil guzrega? Right? Who would have ever thought, How many people have given $10,000? How many people have been it for this year for them. We don't know. So we should make intention, that's why, to get rid of our bad habits. And, and lastly, as I've been saying, is make lots and lots of dua. Make dua for me, make dua for the ummah, make dua for the, for, the, for the masjid, for the madrasa, for the students, for the teachers. And inshallah, for the general ummah, that Allah, as you're taking away these great scholars and ulama from amongst us, please do not put us into fitna. Then replace them with people who can take care of our affairs. Sajid bayna amina, Sajid bhai, you pick it, move on it. Yeah. Uh, so please make dua for him, Bhai Sahib's neighbor as well. Inshallah, I'm going to try to go visit him as well. Uh, he was the owner of the uh, previous owner of the Dawat restaurant, Pick and Move. And he would bring for many years, he used to come and deliver uh, food for the students here. And mashallah, he invited the Masjid Ansar also in an unbelievable Dawat. All these, yeah, anyone who did khidmat in Ramadan, he invited him to his restaurant two, three years ago. So he's extremely sick, I think stage four pancreatic cancer. May have weeks, may have days, Allahu Alam. But as you're hearing from this, Allah Qadir had to do anything. And I just, mashallah, one, one student right now is in, in, the, in, in studying right now here in the summer program. A few days later, I, I, I asked, what's your name? I said, oh, subhanAllah. Seven years ago, six years ago, your father came to my, uh, your, my house to meet my dad with his reports. And I remember that day. I still remember that day. When my father looked at the reports, you know, uh, it's stage four cancer, or lung cancer, stage three. And I remember he said, he, this person had gone to University of Chicago, had gone to Mayo Clinic, had gone everywhere. 
and he could not believe that they had completely missed the cancer. If they had started the diagnosis, it could have been you know, taken care of. They missed it completely. And so my father was still saying that this is like the strongest case, one of the strongest cases for you know, malpractice that you can use this. This is a really solid negligence on behalf of these. And he was just make duas, you know, many children, Allah grant them Stage four, cancer. And subhanAllah, seven years later, Alhamdulillah, he's healthy, wealthy, doing well. His son is studying here. And I was just telling his son, I said, MashaAllah, you know, I never imagined. But this is the qudra of Allah. So let's make dua for Sajid Bhai as well, that Allah grant him. Sajid Bhai now, no? And all those brothers and sisters who are sick, may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala grant them shifa. Allahumma <laughs> اللهم اللهم اشف مرضانا ومرضى المسلمين اللهم اشف مرضانا ومرضى المسلمين اللهم اشف مرضانا ومرضى المسلمين اللهم اشفهم شفاء كاملا دائما عاجلا مستقرا نسال الله العظيم رب العرش العظيم ان يشفى مرضانا ومرضى المسلمين نسال الله العظيم رب العرش العظيم ان يشفى مرضانا ومرضى المسلمين نسال الله العظيم رب العرش العظيم ان يشفى مرضانا ومرضى المسلمين يا الله يا الله يا الله these blessed nights and days have arrived يا الله please allow every one of us and our family members our sons and daughters our husbands and our wives our parents our siblings every one of us to value these nights and days يا الله please make this these nights and days super valuable and accepted for all of us make it a means of rejuvenating our iman make it a means of reconnecting with the Quran oh Allah oh Allah make it a means of all of our needs being fulfilled oh Allah grant us the tawfiq grant us the tawfiq Grant us a tawfiq to recite Quran abundantly and make our own khatams within these nine days and nights. O Allah, make it easy for us to fast every day. O Allah, give us the strength to fast. Give us the strength to fast. Make it easy for us to give sadaqah. Make it easy for us to do abundant dhikr. O Allah, change the environments of our home. O Allah, O Allah, please protect all of us from the coronavirus and from cancer, from uh, from stroke and from all those others. O Allah, one of our uh, most uh, one of the most elder people of our community and uh, alim is right now. Just I just remembered, Ya Allah has, has was taken been taken to the local hospital. Oh Allah, Hafiz Muhsin's grandfather. Oh Allah, Allah, we ask you to grant him shifa. Oh Allah, we ask you to grant him shifa. Oh Allah, grant him shifa. Oh Allah, grant him shifa. Oh Allah, all of those brothers and sisters, uncles and aunties and elders of our community and throughout the world who are sick, oh Allah, grant them 100% shifa. Oh Allah, make their sickness a means of their forgiveness. Oh Allah, make it a means of them becoming close to you. Subhanallah, rabbika rabbil izzati amma yasifun. Wassalamun ala al-mursaleen. Walhamdulillahi rabbil alameen.